Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is ons leven veranderd sinds wij Euromillions hebben gewonnen? Um, wow, eigenlijk niet, hè? Nee. Nee, wij gaan nog altijd graag iets kleins eten. Ja, maar wij geven geen drinkgeld meer. Nee, dat is gedaan. Wij geven nu vakantiegeld. Voilà. Wordt schandalig rijk met Euromillions. Nu dinsdag recordjackpot van zo'n 230 miljoen euro. Speel mee in je verkooppunt of op nationaleloterij.be. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks, a podcast brought to you by The Dip. I have a show for you today. Lots of fun things for you to chew on, including a very special announcement at the end of the pod. I have not posted about this on social media. I haven't told you guys anywhere. So you're going to be the first to hear something very exciting that has transpired over the past week. I am 100% faking my energy right now because last night I went to the Dancing with the Stars live tour in hopes that I would be able to meet Caitlin. Okay, well, let me let me start from the beginning. I actually was texting with our dear friend Michael A, fan favorite of The Bachelor. You all know and love him because we're from the same area. We both live around the Cleveland-Akron area, and I didn't realize that Caitlin and the Dancing with the Stars tour was going to be in Akron that night. And I was talking to Michael about something completely unrelated, and he's like, hey, you know they're in town tonight. Are you going to go? It was like 5 o'clock. The show started at 7.30. And I was like, Oh, I don't know. Like, are you going? And he's like, yes, I'm bringing James. Like, book your ticket. Let's freaking go. So I did. I did it on a whim. Booked my ticket. I am like such a baby or a grandma, I guess I should say, when it comes to my sleep schedule because I work like four jobs, if you didn't know that. (laughs) No, I don't just sit on Instagram all day. And my first job starts right at the crack of 6 a.m. I work on a, a morning radio show here in Cleveland, which is actually how I met Michael. He came in for an interview after he got done on KBC's. And so we just became friends. And, you know, Akron's like 45 minutes from my house. So I made the decision. I pulled the trigger. I was like, you know what? I never do anything spontaneous during the week. I'm always in bed by eight o'clock, like a freaking grandma. I'm 29 years old. I'm going to live my life. I'm going to go see Caitlin crush it at the Dancing with the Stars tour. Maybe say hi to her. I'll see Michael. I'll see James. It'll be a fun time. I messaged Caitlin too, asking her like, hey, anyway, I can come say hi to you. I was going to shoot my shot. Why not? And she was like, oh my gosh, that's so nice. You know, unfortunately we can't because COVID protocols, they don't want us like mingling with people, which could have been an excuse. It doesn't matter. She was nice to me. She was like, do you have tickets? I was like, yes, yes, don't worry. So it was really fun. Caitlin did amazing. Obviously it was great to see Michael and meet little James. And I'm just going to tell you guys, 
I did not ask Michael anything about coming on the pod, but he said to me, Morgan, I am coming on your podcast. I'm going to spill the tea. It just is a matter of time because he's still under contract. And I was like, Michael, you really don't have to. Like, if you don't want to, you know, don't do it just because we're friends. And he's like, no. He's like, us Northeast Ohio peeps, we got to stick together. And I was like, well, when do you think you could come on? And he said, like, three weeks or so. So keep your eye out for that. He's going to come on the pod. He's going to spill the tea. I'm going to ask him the hard questions because I'm comfortable enough with him to do that. So it's going to be fun. Anywho, let's get into our pop three as I pretend to have energy because I feel dead inside. We're going to start with Riley and Marissa, another Bachelor Nation split. Six months after they got engaged on Bachelor in Paradise. I'll be honest, this was the most requested deep dive this week, but I did try to do the research. I just couldn't find enough behind the scenes information on it. And I didn't want to clickbait you guys because I'm a woman of integrity and I, I didn't want to trick you. So anyways, they announced their split via people. Get that money. Get those clicks. Do we really need an announcement? Like we knew that you guys were broken up. Their announcement said, we have decided to go our separate ways. Never did we imagine this, but we've come to a point where we both need to work on ourselves. Joint statement to people. We've appreciated everyone's love and support so far throughout our journey, and we just ask that you please respect our privacy as we navigate through this. I mean, we knew that this happened. She did a social media wipe completely clean, except for those people pictures. Like I said before, if I have a photo shoot in People Magazine, I don't care if I break up with my fiance. I'm keeping that on the gram. When else am I going to be in People Magazine? I guess when they announce their breakup. <laughs> Full circle moment. Uh, she also posted all that glitters is not gold on her Instagram story. She's clearly talking about Riley. So I feel like unpopular opinion here. I thought the whole Sunday morning thing was like pretty corny. Cornville population to Riley and Marissa. So what do I think happened? I mean, you guys, this is me being judgmental. Nope. It's, it's an opinion. It's not a judgment. Remember, that's our motto. I just, I never really bought into it to begin with. I felt like it was very like showboaty. You know, I felt like I said this last week, Riley was always saying the right things, but I never really knew if I, if I bought it. I felt the same way about Kenny and Mari. And I'm surprised that they're still together. But they also are like, I feel like maybe a little bit more low key. And maybe that's just because I haven't been following along with them. Nobody makes it out alive anymore. It's like if they actually do end up together, it's a miracle. You know, Raven and Adam, Lauren and Ari, they they didn't even get together on Bachelor in Paradise. Astrid and Kevin. Underrated Bachelor in Paradise couple, Astrid and Kevin. Did you know that I went to the same school as Astrid's sister, Ingrid? We weren't in the same sorority. We were in rival sororities, but she was very nice. Okay, let's move on to headline number two. The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City seems to be going up in flames. Bravo has fired Real Housewives of Salt Lake City cast member Jenny Wynn. The statement said they stopped filming with her and she will not be returning. In case you missed it, Jenny had shared some memes that depicted Black Lives Matter in a very negative light and also encouraged violence against the movement. And like, this isn't a difference of political opinion. And that comment really just grinds my gears because I can have a difference of political opinion without posting a 
very hateful meme on Facebook saying I would run over protesters with my car. Like, it's not the same thing. And my question really hasn't been whether or not she would be fired because I always believed that she would be just because under the circumstances that we live in, like that's just not something that Bravo would want to give a platform to under their umbrella. So it's not whether or not she would be fired. How did she get hired in the first place? That's why I'm so confused. I mean, especially everything that we have been going through the past two years. And this is not the first time this has happened on a show. We saw it with The Bachelor. So I spoke to a casting director specifically for The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I asked them if they would come and do an interview on the pod. They said, I'll read you the DM, okay? So this is R-H-O-S-L-C underscore casting, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I said, hey, do you want to come on and do an interview? I know a lot of people have questions about this right now. She said, hey, Morgan, I spoke with, I'm not going to say this person's name. It's a higher up. And she said, unfortunately, she can't do any interviews right now for the most part because she doesn't, quote, know anything, despite what most people seem to think in our DMs, LOL. We only find options for the execs to choose from. Then we move on to other projects and companies. We have no crossover with production, so we are finding out about all the shenanigans in real time like the rest of the world. So whose job is it, you know, to vet these people out? Is it? the casting company or is it production? For a second there, I thought they weren't going to let her go because I do remember Andy saying something along the lines of maybe he wishes he would have kept Stassi and Kristen on the show so the audience could see them right their wrongs. I don't need to see that, you know. When you add the fact that Jenny admitted in the last episode to breaking her husband's ribs in a fight, if that was a house husband that said that about his wife, can you imagine? My thing is, I don't want to watch a housewife that has this level of anger and hatred. I don't think it's funny. I don't think it's cute. I don't even really think that it's entertaining. And I don't like cancel culture. I really don't. But I just think that this whole thing could have been avoided whoever's job it was to vet these people out, whether it be casting or production, like I said, to maybe just do a little bit of research online. You know, she said before I recorded this podcast that she will speak her truth. I don't necessarily know what that means. She hasn't done it yet. So that's why it's not included in the episode. A lot of people are asking, what about Mary? My thing with Mary and this this could be an unpopular opinion, but I feel like there is a level of ignorance to Mary. And, and it's not an excuse for her to say these like blatantly outlandish and racist things like, I like your slanted eyes. That's so much like anybody knows that that's a messed up thing to say to somebody who's Vietnamese. But I also feel like Mary just really truly does not know what she's saying. Like we've never seen a housewife like Mary Cosby before. Does that give her an excuse? No. Is she still filming? I don't know. We know that she didn't show up to the reunion, but I did see photos of Heather and Jen Shaw filming for season three outside of Mary's church. What does that mean? I do not know. So let's move on to headline number three. James Kennedy has a new girlfriend. Very confusing. The Vanderpump Rules reunion has wrapped up and it started out with a bang. I mean, straight away. We learned that James and Raquel have split. I mean, obviously, we knew that, but everyone on the cast was crying, shocked, bamboozled, even though 
none of their faces moved when they were crying. Sorry. Shady. It is what it is. So the day of the reunion, James posts his Instagram story holding some girl's hand. Now, I noticed this girl from many videos circulating around the internet, some videos from people I know, some from people I don't know. I saw a video of this girl raging out in the front row at one of Tom's band's shows. So about this girl, I know something you don't. I know something you will never know. Maybe I'll tell you anyways. So you will know. I have a friend who knows this girl. Allegedly, James is doing a little bit of love bombing with her. I can't go into too many details out of respect for my friend who does know her. So obviously this is a rebound. Obviously he's just doing it, I think, to get under Raquel's skin a little bit. Who knows? Because on the flip side, Raquel had this unengagement party. She was drinking out of a wee-wee straw, living young and wild and free, popping a balloon of an engagement ring. But earlier in the day, she had actually posted this really emotional video saying she's having a lot of anxiety about watching the reunion back. She went to a codependency therapy session that day. So Raquel was taking it hard, and I think James was probably deflecting. I did love Raquel had a clapback moment to a hater in the comments of her unengagement party. Somebody said something like, don't make a spectacle out of it, although they said skeptical. <laughs> and in my, I did a TikTok video about it. I was just reading it. So I was like, don't make a skeptical. And like, I just looked dumb and I'm like, oh, she meant to say spectacle. Anyways, that's besides the point. Somebody was like, don't make a spectacle out of it. And Raquel was like, you know, considering how quickly James has moved on, I'm not taking other people's opinions, considerations above my own this year. Like this year is about me. I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm going to say whatever I want. And I was like, yes, Raquel, we are here for it. Raquel is going to be fine. She's going to marry some philanthropist lawyer who's like a little bit older than her, who also donates to the Vanderpump Dogs Foundation. They're going to walk puppies together. You know, they're going to sip cosmopolitans by an infinity pool. And she's going to live a good life. And DJ James Kennedy is also going to live a good life. Hopefully, I pray that he does. Okay, you guys, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to get right back into our deep dive section. This time it's all about Kanye West. We'll be right back. Everyone is howling about Paws of Fury. It's the most fun comedy of the summer. I am your father. What? No, I'm not. <laughs> Michael Sarah. It's showtime. And Samuel L. Jackson. What the mother father kind of spaniel's going on here? Paws of Fury. Only in theaters this Friday. Ready PG. So this is normally the part of the podcast where I take deep dive submissions from my followers on Instagram at Morgan P. Talks every single week. I open up the floodgates to you guys. What is it that you want to know more about? I said before, Riley and Marissa was definitely the number one request this week, but I just couldn't find enough information. My number two request was about Kanye West in the sit down interview where he dropped bombs about what he says controlling his own narrative when it comes to his relationship with the Kardashians. I will be honest with you. 
I normally will DM the person that I take the deep dive from on Tuesday night so that I can prepare on Wednesday. I went to the Dancing with the Star store and I didn't DM anybody back on Tuesday night. I DM somebody on Wednesday. They haven't responded to me. So I don't have any audio from a follower. Just know that this was the second most requested deep dive in the DMs. And also, if you submit a DM, like answer my DM when I DM you back to be on the pod. Hello. Okay. Anyways, the title of this interview is Jason Lee talks to Kanye West about controlling his own narrative. It's on Hollywood Unlocked. It's 44 minutes long. I mean, controlling his own narrative, you know what they're getting at. It starts off with them talking about that get together that they thought was iconic. We thought it was kind of weird with Madonna, Antonio Brown, Floyd Mayweather, Jason Lee was there. Kanye was there. Julia was there. They start the interview by wanting to talk about why Kanye punched somebody at 3 a.m. But before that, he starts talking about, you know, you don't know what I'm going through. A headline can't capture what I'm going through when it comes to his family, which is what he was saying to the paparazzi while they were supposedly harassing him at 3 a.m. outside of his hotel room after that hangout. So they start there. They kind of take a detour and then we'll get back to it. So he says this all started when he went to pick up his kids on a Monday from school and he tried to take them back to Kim's house and security stopped him at the gate. So Kanye has North in the car. I don't know if he has all the kids, but he's now saying security is getting in between me and the kids because North was like, dad, I want you to come inside. I want you to see something. And security was like, sorry, we have to stop you here. And he was like, not about it. You know, he's like, security is not going to come in between me spending time with my kids. He said he didn't want to argue with Kim about it. But then he makes this snide comment about how, you know, the new boyfriend is inside. Obviously, he's referring to Pete. So they set up this meeting with Kanye's cousins to go talk to Kim because he doesn't want to get in a fight with her. It's two female cousins. They go over to talk to Kim because he says he doesn't want to be playing games. You know, like he says something like throw a stone and then hide your hand. Right. And he's like, they do this type of stuff. And then I react and he called it poking the bear. He's like, you know, they're poking the bear and then I'll stay cool. I'll do everything in my power to, you know, work the situation out, whether it be sending my cousins over on my behalf or whatever. And he said, but then finally I do react. And it's like, look at him. He's crazy. And he said, I wasn't crazy when I put the creative director at Skims. I wasn't crazy when we made $2 billion. But when I react to something that, you know, has to do with me and my kids, then I'm the crazy one. Long story short, he talks about how the cousins did not get the job done, whatever that means, when talking to Kim. And that also escalated the scene outside of the hotel at 3 a.m. So he was fighting with his cousin about that. Then the paparazzi, he says, is hounding him. He said it was the same paparazzi that was hounding Britney Spears when she shaved her head. I don't know if that's true. Who's to say that that's true? And then he's like, okay, this other guy's asking me for a million autographs. He's like, if you're a fan... I will autograph all day long. I'll take pictures with you. He said, but I know this guy is just asking me for my autograph to then sell it and make money off of whatever. So push comes to shove. They get in this altercation because something is taken too far. And he's like, you know, the situation with my kids, the paparazzi hounding me, this guy asking for repeated autographs when I know that he's just going to sell it to make money. 
me fighting with my cousins. Like that's what led to this moment outside the hotel. But then he gets into a bunch of other stuff about the parenting style with Kim. He's like, Connie's like, I don't want North on TikTok. She's wearing lipstick on TikTok. That was something that the cousins was supposed to discuss with Kim. They do. Allegedly, it gets handled. And then it happens again. He's like, you know, I thought we handled it. I thought we talked about it. And then I see that North is on TikTok again. And that's kind of what he's referring to as poking the bear, not necessarily seeing things eye to eye when it comes to their parenting style. He then goes on to address why he got the house next to Kim. And he's like, this is where they also want to make me seem like I'm this crazy stalker when really I didn't have my parents together growing up and I'm not going to let anything get in the way of me being close to my kids. If I'm not with my wife, I'm going to live a couple doors down so that it doesn't get in the way of me being with my kids, which at first sounds commendable, right? I just don't know why he would move to Wyoming for three years if he wants to be with the kids. And it's like, we even saw this on the show where Kim's like, he wants me to move to Wyoming. In what universe is Kim Kardashian moving to Wyoming? Kim Kardashian on a ranch in Wyoming, not happening. So then he goes in to talk about Pete and SNL. We all know the moment on Saturday Night Live where they were doing the Aladdin sketch. Kim kisses Pete and he says, you know, how are you going to bring me to SNL and then kiss the dude that you're dating in front of me? Kim and Pete were not dating at this moment in time. And I just remember all the questions that were going on in our head when Saturday Night Live happened because we knew that Kanye was there at the beginning and we knew he left early, but nobody knew why. And I remember saying like, why go if you're going to leave early? Is it because he got mad at the fact that Kim kissed Pete in that sketch? Seems like it, right? I mean, imagine us knowing then what we know now about the situation. Because I just thought he was leaving to be like maybe a little bit incognito. But no, he left because he was jelly. And you know, didn't she say that Kanye like helped her write the monologue? So just sticky waters, sticky, sticky waters. Then they move on to an alleged sex tape number two, where Kanye suggests that there's this second sex tape floating around in addition to the 2007 one with Ray J. He said, I met this man at the airport, then got on a red eye, came back, delivered it to her at 8 a.m. in the morning. She cried when she saw it. That's something that Kim's team completely denies. Then in the same breath, he's very complimentary of her. You know, when when discussing Kim's influence on pop culture, he's like, you know, women love Kim. Kim is just a poster child of somebody, you know, a mom, a lawyer. Can't nobody deny that everybody loves Kim. So how does Kim feel about all of this? Aside from picking apart her parenting style, Ye accused Kim of like, you know, purposefully antagonizing him when it comes to not being let in the house. This source told Hollywood Life, Kim has set boundaries. It's her house. He can't just come over unannounced. And that's what happened. And, you know, having a soon-to-be former spouse talk to the media all the time can't be easy. But we're not going to hear anything officially from Kim. You know, there's the source that tells people she's trying to stay calm and be the bigger person. Some of the things Kanye is accusing her of are hurtful. Other things she just shrugs off. I do find it also interesting. Like even in the interview, Kanye is very calm. 
that's very cool. He's very collected. And we all have emotions, but anytime celebrities show that emotion, especially someone like Kanye, people are quick to say he's crazy. Now, don't get me wrong. He has had some really bad moments, like, I don't know, running for president. And I don't like that he, I don't know if he takes credit for making skims like as successful, but he does take a little bit of credit for it. I mean, I don't know. I think the relationship with Julia Fox also is 100% for publicity, especially like with these interviews that they're doing, these photo shoots with the rack of clothes. You know, they met each other yesterday. You're telling me these magazines are dropping everything on a dime to come get this date night interview from Kanye and Julia, who no one knew until two weeks ago. And then on the flip side, I also think the Kardashians are very good at controlling their narrative. So when it comes to separation, going up against the Kardashian, so to speak, is no easy task. I mean, I'm trying to think of all the guys that have been separated from them. Lamar, Scott, Chris Humphreys, you know, Kanye, Tristan, you know, all the guys seemingly have done bad stuff. You know, the the breakups were warranted. But I, I do find the dynamic of that interesting just to see how it plays out in the media. There's just no going up against a Kardashian and, and ever winning. All right, you guys, for our last segment today, I'm going to do some behind the scenes bachelor tea because today is actually my two year anniversary of making a cameo on pilot Peter season of the bachelor. One of my followers said I shared this story before. I can't remember if I did or not, but I am going to tell you some behind-the-scenes tea from my day on set that I know I have not shared before. So first, let me tell you how I was invited. Like I said, I work on a morning radio show here in Cleveland, and I knew that Peter and the girls were coming up for some group dates. You know, we got media press releases about it. So I kept applying to be in the audience, but I kept getting denied because I was media. So I was going off about it on the morning show. Cause my job on the show is, you know, the pop culture expert, keep everybody updated with what's going on. So I'm like, I cannot believe that pilot Peter and the bachelor is coming to my hometown and I'm not allowed to go because I'm media. I do not know how a producer got my phone number, but it's a Thursday night. I remember it clear as day. I'm getting ready to go to bed. It's like eight o'clock. And I get a phone call and I don't have the number saved in my phone, but it's from Los Angeles. And I'm like, do I answer this call? Because normally I would screen it. I mean, hello. I'm not picking up the phone for anybody that I don't know. But I just, something in my gut told me, like, if someone from LA is calling me, I'm going to want to pick it up. So it was a producer. And they were like, hey, we got your number. We know that you work in media in Cleveland. We're looking for somebody to be on a segment for us to host a group date. And I was like, what? Me? What? Like, why are they asking local, <laughs> like, media people to host these group dates? Nobody knows who I am. But I was like, yeah, I'm free all day long. So long story short, they picked me and they picked a friend of mine. His name was John. He works for the ABC affiliate TV station here. He is a sideline reporter for, like, the Browns to be the sideline reporters of this tackle football date, if you remember, that they played at First Energy Stadium. You know what? I'm going to play you guys some of the audio. 
Welcome on down to the sideline at First Energy Stadium. I'm ABC Cleveland's John Doss alongside radio host Morgan Wright. And here we are. It is the Bachelor Bowl 2019. And of course, the Bachelor Bowl comes with high stakes, Morgan. That's right. The losers are going to be going home while the winners are going to hang out at the after party and spend more time with Peter, which is what they're all here for, John. Go! Deandra! And there goes Deandra into the end zone on fourth down. So my job was to pick fun at the girls. You know, John's job was to really get into the analytical football side of it. First down, second down, touchdown, whatever. Although I did have an iconic touchdown. If you want to use a GIF and you search bachelor touchdown, you will see your girl, Morgan P., I made it as a gift. That's when I knew like this was my moment truly. So anyways, that's what they wanted me to do. They wanted me to kind of poke fun at the girls for not being able to play football. They ended up not using anything that I said, which looking back probably was for the best. I was there all day long. I got there at 11. We didn't start until eight o'clock. Every hour they would come back and be like, we're getting ready to start. We're getting ready to start. And we just never did. So here's some behind the scenes tea that I I don't know if I'm allowed to tell you, but I'm going to tell you anyways. I had a producer that was like assigned to me, right? There was like one that was with me for the majority of the day. She was super nice, super accommodating, but they gave me, I'm going to call it like a scorecard. Okay. This sheet of paper that had every girl that was on the group date on it. And this was before they started playing football. This was like, they were running the drills and stuff. This producer went through every single girl with me one by one, had me write down notes about their personality types, who they were fighting with, you know, like saying things like, okay, this one's the really emotional one. And this one has beef with this one. And it was just like in depth about every single girl. And there was like 15 girls on this date. Also, she told me, she's like, if Peter walks in the room, turn this piece of paper over. He cannot see it. So I was like, that is some juice. So there definitely is some manipulation going on behind the scenes in the way that they edit. They definitely have, you know, I mean, you guys know this, but people up against each other. They definitely have their set villains. They kind of manipulate the scenes around their character story arches, if you will. And the lead, I think is pretty much left in the dark because they made that very clear. If Peter ever walks in and sees this, it's going to be a big deal. So Peter, I met him after the date and he was very, very nice, like extremely nice. So it was a bummer that things like ended the way that they did with Peter and that a lot of people don't like him because I had a great experience with him. And Mind you, this was before he was actually really famous. This was before his season aired. But, you know, he had been filming all day long. The last thing he probably wanted to do was sit there and talk to some random girl who he doesn't know who's just sitting on the sidelines, like, talking smack the whole time. <laughs> but he was really nice. And there you go. That's my behind-the-scenes tea on my one day on the set of The Bachelor. Woo, lots of good stuff today, but I saved the best for last. I have big news, a big announcement that makes me very excited. If you follow along, you know that I have been missing my British South African boyfriend, David, very much. Well, as of today, 
David will be back in America in 11 days. Can you believe that? 11 days. It all happened very quickly. My birthday is in February. So wanted to make sure that he was here for that. He's going on a work trip at the end of this week. So it just made sense. After the work trip, he's coming here. He is going to be staying with me for until the end of March. And then we have a plan. Keep your fingers crossed for me, you guys, to go to South Africa and meet his family for the first time in real life. Maybe go on like a little African safari. Make wonderful memories. Wink, wink. All right, you guys, make sure to leave a review before you go. Can I just say the reviews that you guys left last week really made me so happy. I don't have them pulled up, but I remember they were something like, you know, normally I get bored with podcasts easily, but this is one that I religiously listen to and I don't get bored of. So thank you. Give me a little five star. Boop, boop. You know the drill. And we will see you back next week. I'm going to go take a nap because I'm still exhausted from my Dancing with the Stars excursion. And I love you guys very much. This is Claudia's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. I had just moved to a new city and barely even knew where the grocery store was yet. When my car wouldn't start one morning, I didn't know who to ask about local shops. But I remembered a name from back home, O'Reilly Auto Parts. I called and they pointed me to a great mechanic just down the street. Now, I feel a little more at home. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Message. What up, what up? It's Heather's cousin. You dated her in college, or maybe you were just in the same class. Anyway, I heard you bought a boat, my man. Let's hit the water. Oh, and Heather told me you always liked uh, snacks and stuff, so I could totally bring some chips. When you get a boat, you also get new friends. Make sure Progressive's one of them, and get coverage today for as little as $100 a year. Hey, also, I'm a little short on cash, so can you cover the chips? Thanks. I can see why Heather liked you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states.